0: Will I rest? Yes.
1: Forever sleep.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Young Nostalgia. The nostalgia returns? I don't know. I ain't got nothing. <laughs> Let's take a look. Rough start. back to the fabulous young nostalgia as always i'm nolan ben is beside me and on episode 97 we're going to be talking about and rounding out our uh three week long episodic review of the modern day take of the original trilogy for star wars today is all about the return of the jedi ben how you doing today big guy
1: i am doing fantastic
0: today how are you doing Ooh, i'm doing all right thank you (laughs) You're welcome. I wouldn't say I'm doing fantastic. I, well, you know, maybe I am fantastic, you know. You know, just just you, you know. You make me fantastic. Well, I'm I'm glad I can help. You, just brightening you, the world around me. Yes, right. You are just a shining ray of positive, beaming light that really and just kind of every, touches the hearts of us. Everybody that knows me will also say the same thing. Right. <laughs> we are so... We are so honored to be graced with your wonderful voice on this Tuesday. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. I said Tuesday, but it's actually Monday. Tuesday is when the episode comes out. Right.
1: Well, everybody else, all, you know, millions and billions of our listeners will uh they'll get it on Tuesday,
0: so <laughs> millions and billions. Thank you guys so much for joining us. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun show we're excited to bring it to you uh our longtime listener and friend of the show rusty re lewis 2011 as we are hoping to have you on the podcast in the very near future uh he's also the co-host of the otaku brothers podcast everything you need to know about your uh, casual gaming habits um, and hobbies go and chat with them you can find them on all your major podcasting networks They always plug us quite a bit, so I want to give them some love. You guys are amazing. Thanks so much for sticking with us. And uh, check out their most recent episode, inspired by Young Nostalgia, as they talked about conspiracy theories. I'm about halfway through, and I'm excited um, to hear more about what they think about it. I I tweeted at them uh, when they posted it. I was like, be careful, fellas. It's a long and winding road, and you may not come back, (laughs) because I think our lives have forever changed after being enlightened to the world of conspiracy theories.
1: Yeah, you just got to be careful what you talk about, you know, uh, helicopters start circling, black blacked out cars start rolling up, doors kicked in, you know, you right. got to be careful.
0: Right. And then before you know it, they actually just replace you with a dummy and you're being probed by FBI agents. So, <laughs> been there, done that. Ew. No. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Anyway, thank you, guys. This is episode 97. Ben, are you ready to get into it? Any fabulous debates of modern life you'd like to talk about? Um, No, none that I'd like to talk about. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Push pins prevail. Let's oh. get into episode 97. straight from the top the usual go to questions after all of our reviews of the original trilogy what was your favorite scene man give it to me straight Sarlacc pit the what the Sarlacc pit <clears throat> Sarlacc pit
1: Sarlacc pit yeah Um. I don't necessarily know why I like this scene it's probably has something to do with just you know really sticking it the
0: job of the hut right uh, which I really it- really enjoy yeah <laughs> it's kind of cool just to see the different kind of combat mechanics because, you know, everyone's on their own little like speeder or hovercraft and kind of like disconnected from each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like a good combination of like action and teamwork as well as like some humor as Han is like still partially blind. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was just going to say. I like it that
1: he's still blind and especially when he's trying to pull Lando out of the pit. Right. You know, he's like, Chewie, give me a blaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, uh, <laughs> Lando's like, w- w- what? What? no you're still blind (laughs) he's like i can see better now
0: yeah i can see much better now yeah that's so (laughs) funny (laughs) Uh, i love it yeah i really love it what you got for your favorite scene that's a that's a really good idea um honestly it's kind of interesting how my favorite scene is kind of on the different edge of the spectrum of yours (laughs) my favorite scene is actually when vader captures luke um like luke surrenders on endor and then that whole dialogue scene between Luke and Darth Vader is actually my favorite. Um, and just kind of bringing up Vader's conflict and and how, you know, you can kind of just connect with both characters at once. Um, and it's just like a significant thing, I feel like, for both characters as even though you can't tell what's going on behind the mask on Vader, you can tell that like his face, you know, he's contemplating something, you know, it kind of gives Vader a lot more emotion than what we've seen in the entirety of, of star Wars at this point. Um, so I really liked it.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I, I definitely do like that as well. I, I also thought it was kind of funny. I was thinking when we were watching the movie about, uh, you know, Luke's like, you won't give me, I don't think you'll
0: give me the emperor. You won't do it. And Vader's like, okay, bet. And takes him right to the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, first he like, uh, puts out the uh, lightsaber and he's like, okay. Yeah, you're right. Come on with me. <laughs>
1: right. It's like Luke spent so much time talking to multiple people. I think he said it to – did he say it to Leia in that conversation beforehand? I can't right. remember. Yeah, um, he was something like, like – I don't think he'll he, give he, me he, to the emperor. I think I can turn him and then right. he, immediately give him to the him. emperor.
0: <laughs> 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 I couldn't have seen that one coming. Right. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> That's good stuff. Okay, moving on. Your favorite character – of the movie uh
1: i'll have to switch back my i'll have to switch my normal response and definitely go with luke um luke hey good pick on the grounds of you know i feel like anyone who has any idea what star wars is like oh luke's my favorite character Mm -hmm. um but he we'll talk about it a little bit later i think it's in both of our notes but uh definitely some definitely had some growth over the course of you know the break between movies however long that is um right which i don't think we ever came up with uh exactly how much time takes place between um empire strikes back and return of the jedi but definitely long enough for him to mature a lot and um kind of look and act and just seem more like a jedi knight that he's supposed to be
0: exactly I'm with you. And I think we kind of just kind of brainstormed ideas how it almost could be linear in terms of there's three years in between um, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. So our thought process was almost like maybe it has been at least, you know, close to a year, if not a little bit more. Um, And he kind of honed his skills as well as just becoming more mature coming into the role of leadership that people look up to him as
1: i mean i i definitely see it it, if it was linear if it was year to year you know three years between the movies and three years in star wars life um it would definitely make sense uh everything has changed it seems like it changed on a similar scale right so to speak um, right.
0: And and, would, and even if you think about the aspects of like Han being frozen for so long and then him obviously having like hibernation sickness, being blind, mm-hmm. it would make sense that he was like frozen for an extended period of time, at least.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, you know, differences in in
0: the rebel army
1: and obviously they had enough time to start building a new Death Star. Right. Right. Um, it's not like, you know, just a couple weeks went by. Uh, <laughs> it was definitely on
0: the magnitude of. Years, right? Absolutely, I like it. Uh, Okay, so a couple of things I've added. I don't think you said your character, did you? (gasps) Oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, not to be like a complete just blow off of this entire thing, but honestly, I've got okay. Well. Humor, hu- humor has always been a thing in Star Wars, and each episode um, that we've watched and then did a modern day review, we've commented on the way the humor has evolved. I swear, if you and say I'm, your
1: favorite character was an Ewok, I'm gonna reach through the FaceTime oh, and strangle you.
0: It, it's almost, it's almost even worse. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, but I feel like each each episode of the original trilogy has just gotten better and better with timing, the way they use humor, and the way that they don't try to go out of their way to like input humor into the storyline. Like C-3PO, absolutely fantastic. I love him. They did a great work with just like his one-liners, how he's integrated with the powers or the, the scene that occurs, um, and just their reactions are spot on, I feel like. Um You and I were getting a really good kick out of uh, when he was being portrayed as like a deity or whatever with the (laughs) Ewoks. We were getting a kick out of how he said, like, "Oh, his programming is against impersonating a deity." Like we were laughing, and then when Luke kind of picked him up with the Force, and he's like, "I never thought I had it in me," or something like that. And yeah, it was it was was spot on. So with that, um, just like looking into the quirky side of the movie, I think my favorite character was actually uh, Jabba's little like puppet that didn't actually say anything, but something would happen and it would be like, ah! and, you know, it'd be like laughing and like waiting for something newly bad to happen to the protagonist. Those yep. were, I think he was absolutely my favorite. Um, it was just a really cool kind of sign of evil light side of it all. Uh, it was kind of funny, and like and I, would, I feel like if I was in their position, I would be like, "Is nobody going to like tell that thing to shut up?" <laughs> um,
1: actually, I it's not very much at all, but I do have a little bit of backstory on those creatures. Oh, really i I have absolutely no idea where or why I was reading it, but I was reading about those creatures, and they're actually in Star Wars canon. They're they're known for having a really good sense of humor. And I think that they are actually like employ whether or not they're actually employed or used for like entertainment, like slave labor or anything like that. They're actually comedians.
0: No way. Like in the star Wars universe. Yes. Because of their, this
1: creature's sense
0: of humor. Why, why is that the best thing I've ever heard? (laughs) Oh, and, and why God. on earth would I have that just right on the tip of my brain?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. And I don't remember enough of what I was reading to tell you the name of the creature or anything more about it. But it reminded me That's... of when you were saying that it reminded me of this and that, yeah, they're actually kind of, you know, comedians in in Star
0: Wars real life. That's really freaking awesome. That makes me like this character even that much more. Like, that's amazing. Thanks so much for bringing that up, dude. That you're, is, you're very that's welcome. freaking sweet. That's freaking sweet. I love it. Okay, we got a couple more points before we hit the finer details of this episode. Okay, so overall, throughout the Star Wars universe, what would you say is your favorite color of lightsaber? Or, I guess, in another way, like, what color lightsaber would you want if you were either a Sith or, or a Jedi Knight? Um, i'm a little bit torn on this um
1: and i'm torn and i'm not really sure either way because i really like i really do like the blue lightsaber right um that being said i think i think luke's original saber was green was it not
0: well his original one was Was actually blue because I believe he used like his Anakin's or you know Darth Vader's old one. And then in Return of the Jedi, this is when he built his own lightsaber and made it green.
1: Well, we have to be a little bit careful with that because that in some of the reading of that I did, and once again, Uh I'm very unprepared, they actually changed (laughs) the color of his lightsaber at least once in the remastering of the movies. Really? Yes, and I do not remember why or when. So that's why I'm a little bit muddy on uh, on the lightsaber color. So I'll say, I, I guess I'll change my answer to be a little bit, to match the vagueness. I really like the visuals of the blue lightsaber. Okay. But I think it's green. I don't know. I'm also inclined to like whatever... Luke's original lightsaber was.
0: Okay, we'll go with that. And then if you know it out there, give us an email at young nostalgia pod yeah at gmail. Why do just com. go ahead and
1: do uh, the research that uh, I should have done? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about your lightsaber color? Ooh. Well, it's, okay. Well, not to be boring, but I think I would also have to go with blue. I just enjoy that color a lot. Even though, if you know, if you take it back, I don't know if you ever played the games, Knights of the Old Republic or anything, but no, nope. it's interesting taking a modern day re- uh, view of the old Star Wars movies, uh, just because of how much we know. And in the games on of Knights uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, you actually like can pick and choose your lightsaber color or like. Uh, what kind of class you are, per se. So the light type of color actually pertains to how you operate as a Jedi or what kind of Jedi Knight class you are. So with blue, you're kind of like the police, the Jedi police, like the people who stand up for good and justice um, and kind of like take the front lines of combat, while others are more like scholarly. So like yellow or purple or something like that Mm -hmm. could be more scholarly. Um, So it's interesting. So... I also take blue as a big uh, significant uh, impact as my favorite character in all of star Wars, Obi-Wan. I feel like he's kind of made like the loyalty or the, uh, the uh, kind of the knowledge base or uh, what the blue lightsaber kind of stands for um, and kind of rational thinking. Uh, So that's why I also like it. If that's an in-depth answer, I guess it it is. That is
1: a good answer. And I think, Going into it more, I've actually done some reading on, like, fandom websites about different color lightsabers, and it's actually based on, there is an element of personal preference in regards to um, color being associated to personality traits, like you were talking about. Okay. But also... Uh, it's also up to personal preference as to like variations in Kuiper crystals that they're made out of that generate right that generate the uh, the actual saber itself, uh, right. and I think if I'm remembering correctly, there's differences in like how they act um, as well, ah. which determines what someone chooses to use, um, and that also could tie back into personality traits as far as what they would choose um that's interesting and also fun fact that's in the newer movies that's supposedly why kylo ren's lightsaber has that shimmering effect to it is because it's actually built with a uh the Kuiper crystal has a uh it's like a defect or a crack in it or something and so it's
0: it's unstable I have heard about that one. And then it's cool at the end of it all, like end of Rise Rise of Skywalker, you see well, I guess spoiler alert, but you see Ray with uh an orange one or a yellow one, which is really cool to see. Yeah,
1: something we haven't we haven't uh they never actually showed in any of the other movies, um, which right. we're led to assume is uh of Palpatine origin. Right. Right. Um so, a little bit of information on Luke's lightsaber color change. Um, so, his original lightsaber, which you're right, uh, came from uh, Anakin's original lightsaber, his father's, um, was blue. So, originally Luke's new lightsaber that he built was going to be blue as well. Um, but Return of the Jedi was going to have some outdoor scenes where the lightsaber was going to be against the blue Uh, blue sky background and they changed it to green so it would show up better on film with a blue background
0: interesting yes which is really like which is cool because i mean in in the newer star wars like episodes one two and three you see more jedi and obviously green and blue are the majority of like lightsaber colors right but with this like green has always been a significant um identifier for luke you know mm-hmm. luke is the green lightsaber it's just what you identify right. him as and so i it's think it's interesting to kind of from what it seems see like that is became. that
1: original change was based off of just the theatrical necessity as far as it showing up better on film um that's amazing and what i was thinking of is it changed mid-movie was it must have been it actually changed in the movie with a remaster when luke was using the training droid with obi-wan on the millennium falcon okay they they did change the color on the remaster and so they must have gone from blue to green presumably to have better continuity with green being
0: uh used later on okay that's interesting which is weird because also in the scene, like my favorite scene between Luke and Vader, Vader actually says something like, "Oh, you you've built your own lightsaber mm-hmm. with uh, like under the influence of like oh Luke built it in the time in between Empire Strikes Back and this." So it's interesting that they did it like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's I think that's actually part of Jedi training as well is you need to know your weapon enough to be able to build your own. Um, right. You know, and so he was using that as kind of a a landmark to describe his how how
0: complete his jedi training was right um, i love how this is turning more into like we love star wars and that uh oh hey check out this movie <laughs> i mean would it be anything else i mean we're
1: 20 minutes no, in right now true. and
0: we're still like we haven't gotten into anything yet <laughs> but you know what i feel like that's a really good indicator of like for each movie that we've watched it's become more of 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 talking about the lore and the act of like what star Wars is, which I feel like is a good indication of how much better each movie even got. Even just with like the HD remaster out of the three return of the Jedi is just the most well done HD remaster we have seen yet. It's like, it looks great. It looks crisp. It's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think we kind of talked about that a little bit with, uh, empire being better than hope. Um, I I think they were all remastered around the same time. I think the first time it happened was for... It was either late 90s or it could have been the 2004 remaster. Okay. Um, so they were all done more or less the same time for the same release date. But I think we can chalk the qu- remaster quality up to probably quality in the original filming. Um, we talked right. about it a little bit last time where... You know, three years passed between all of these movies. And that's definitely enough time for there to be some fairly major breakthrough break, breakthroughs in technology as far as filming equipment. Um, so I'm sure that the if you had the original film that the movie was made with from Hope, Empire, and uh, Return of the Jedi, I'm sure that we would s- still see improvements across all those three, regardless of the remaster.
0: Right. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that is a big part in it. Mm-hmm. Um especially just with being able to easily, more easily remaster better film qualities. Right. Now we and, and, and that's poor. that kinda I think that I
1: just came up with this just now. I think that kinda goes along with uh a lot of the stuff we noted is looking really good. Was stuff that wasn't fully CGI'd. It was stuff that was touched up. It was all original um, props and, and 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 film from the original one. It was just touched up a little bit. We look back uh-huh. on the things that are one hundred percent CGI, like the aliens in Jabba's uh uh I don't know what to call it. His like his palace. His, I guess yeah, I Jabba's, they call palace. It Jabba's palace. Um, some of those aliens they looked horrible. They should never have right. been CGI'd because
0: they looked awful. But if we look at things that they they
1: just touched up, it looked fantastic.
0: Right. And bringing it to the point of like the Jabba's Palace, like that's the one thing out of this whole movie that is the biggest blemish to me is even when you watch it, it looks like they pieced that scene just right in the middle Mm -hmm. where it wasn't there originally. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened is that they created that scene with piecing together either like deleted footage and like, oh, well, let's put it this in here, but just dub it over with these... um, uh, these aliens singing this outrageous, weird song that just doesn't fit the scene. And then you'll see like the camera pan to different parts of it and that one alien being dragged into Jabba and she's resisting. But if you look in the background, the entire of Jabba's palace just doesn't fit what's happening while the song's going on. When she's getting dragged into Jabba. So it just kind of takes you out of the world a little bit and just doesn't feel like it's cohesive in that moment. Yeah, not at all. I mean, the whole
1: scene is kind of set up to be a little bit dark. Um, He's kind of menacing, getting ready to throw someone into uh, into the pit. And they're playing this like up tempo kind of happy song. Right. I wouldn't necessarily call it happy because we have no idea what the lyrics are. But it's kind of like jazzy I guess yeah it's like an it's an up tempo jazzy kind of song like it it just doesn't fit it's bad
0: right yeah and that is <laughs> that is probably the the biggest moment that kind of takes you away from the film yeah it's um,
1: very disappointing that that was uh that that made it in there right
0: uh let's see here going through some uh Beginnings. Okay, so I'll obviously our notes kind of run in the um, sequence that the movie goes in. So we both kind of made uh, notes about the actual like opening scene where yours yours kind of notes how the CGI took away um, from the landing ship coming into the Death Star that the Emperor had on it, um, and obviously you know a lot of that was kind of CGI'd with updated updated uh, spaceships. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of noted just how the opening scene itself was just powerful in general. Maybe not the landing part of it, but once they were landed in the hangar of the Death Star uh, with the, um, like Emperor, uh, the Empire, uh, overture singing like do 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 mm-hmm. do do and then you just see darth vader and then you see the emperor come out and i feel like it really kind of puts in perspective that's been building over empire strikes back and then this movie just how powerful um an inf- uh, and in and how much of an influence the emperor has on everybody where all of these stormtroopers are lined up uh, perfectly and the only people on the tarmac are like emperor and darth vader and everyone just like stops in shock as he gets right out. well not only just the emperor
1: but that's That's the first time we really see any, uh, any footage of the Empire on its own turf. Now, I say that I mean we've, we've seen the you know Han and Leia and we've seen them on and Luke. We've seen them on the original Death Star. We've seen them on Vader's uh, starship. We've seen them plenty of other times, you know, action scenes in various imperial ships, but that's the first time we saw them I- I'm trying to figure out how to say it. Uh, you know, it's the first time we've saw we've seen legions of stormtroopers lined up. We've seen Vader and Emperor and the Emperor interacting uh either on their own starship or on the Death Star. Um we mm-hmm. saw the uh the control that they have over the empire itself um you know we haven't seen any of that ever before in any other movie
0: right exactly and i feel like just watching these movies with a new um point of view just based on everything like we always said we're reviewing it off of we've seen all the other star wars um it's really kind of cool to kind of see how this transitions into the first order you know in the last trilogy because uh, just take exactly what you said and then amplify it by 10, like the Empire or the Sith always do, you know? Like the Emperor, the you know all of their technology, just their Flash is really big in Return of the Jedi. And you see that same kind of continuity with the First Order. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, that, you know, that's just, that's how they think, that's what they do. They just make things way big um, and kind of put themselves on a pedestal. And you see that big time here. It's cool to kind of see that expanded in the in the universe. Right. And we definitely get to look
1: at because of that we get to see the real differences between the alliance and the empire where you know the empire they have uh, very strict, very orderly. They they're definitely going by the uh the po- power of numbers kind of deal. And then we see anytime we see the empire like, you know, getting ready for a mission, it, it's just a mess of scrambling people, pilots hopping <laughs> into uh spacecraft um, and just a mess. So they do a really, and we see that a, a ton in right. return of the Jedi. We see the, the goofy, just uh, miscellaneous ships that are part of their fleet. Um, right. And it's, it seems like they are really trying to drive that home that, you know, the, the, the rebels are a bunch of a, a ragtag group of, of of people fighting this very very organized and
0: you know everything in order to the t uh empire right larger than life kind of uh reality it's interesting right i Mm. like it um all right going down here we talked about the remaster quality luke's personal growth uh the time that's passed um okay so how weird did you think how in um a new hope they made it a point of CGIing Jabba, right? And then it comes to Return of the Jedi, and then Jabba just isn't cgi at all, and it's <laughs> puppet the entire movie. And right. It's like, what? What in the world? That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, it seems like, of all things
1: to CGI, why was Jabba not? Uh, right. I'm not saying that I think he should have been. I'm just saying it's odd that they did everything else. Why not him? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, to the point where they even—I uh, don't know if you caught it—and I, I, I didn't catch it when we were first watching it, but I remembered that I had seen it before. Uh, in Empire, he was so CGI'd, and they made a point of changing what when when Han is—they're getting ready to leave, and Han was walking with Jabba through like a hangar. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He went to walk around him, and they changed the scene when they CGI'd Jabba that Han actually steps on his tail. Oh in the okay. CGI version. But that's not what he originally did. And so it looks really awkward because Han's walking straight, but when they made him step on his tail, they bumped his whole body up and up and over and down. No way. And you can see his legs through all of this. Um and so <laughs> his he so his legs are still walking straight, but he they bump his whole body up to step over the tail and they bump it back down. Um, and it looks horrible and it's clunky and gross. No I don't way. know how I didn't catch it when we watched it last week. Um, but I do remember it now and oh my god, it looks absolutely awful. You can find it all. You can find clips of it all over the internet. um uh, people complaining That's about crazy. it. So we, I highly recommend that you go look at it cause it's just brutally awful.
0: <laughs> I had no idea. That's crazy. Um, I love it. Uh, Okay, you wrote down something about like why are the, why are they torturing droids?
1: Yes, I don't see the point in torturing droids. Um, <laughs> I, I get it that in Star Wars that they're in the Star Wars universe, there's this unexplained um, artificial intelligence that the droids have. They make decisions, they seem to, they seem to have feelings. I don't really know. They don't really explain anything of that. They don't have to because it's not part of the story. But right. I, I don't understand the point of torturing droids when if you need, you know, a big part of torturing is getting information. Okay, you just read their hard drives and get the information that you want. <laughs> um, you know, it's still any feelings that any physical feelings that they have of, of pain it's all simulated in their minds. You know what I'm saying? Like it. <laughs> yeah. I right. don't get it. Oh my god. <laughs> this is of course when when three uh, uh, PO and R two were either given or stolen or taken by Jabba, right? And they're taking into taking into his group of droids, and three PO is actually going to be used as a uh, interpreter for him, um, right? And they're basically they're in the room where they're getting their their job assignments and and they're getting their restraining bolts and everything. But and then in the background, there's all these robots getting tortured like I
0: I don't get it. I know. (laughs) It's it's More George Lucas nonsense. Great idea, but just uh, glad he didn't. Direct those bad boys. Okay, so a couple things we wanted to hit on that we can kind of um, stack together here. Uh, How in past episodes we talked about just how cool it is to look back on these uh, movies with the 2020 view out of watching all the Star Wars. And then here you kind of even bring more into the play where it's like, what's Boba Fett's story? You know, like he kind of comes in. We saw him last movie Empire Strikes Back but he just kind of looks like this nameless um speechless bounty hunter that has really cool gadgets like okay that's awesome and then you kind of see him in action in Return of the Jedi um And obviously his story is more complete today with the whole solo, a Star Wars story, and then background in terms of the animated series, all that stuff. But uh, it's kind of cool to add in a little bit of aspect where you hear Chewie talking to Han when they're trying to break free of Jabba's, like, your favorite scene. (laughs) Um, And then Han's like, Boba Fett, Where? you know and like obviously he's still blind but then that kind of gives way to oh they know each other oh something happened in the past with Boba Fett Chewie and Han so it kind of just makes you think like what's that connection and it's one of those things where Boba Fett's like here for a split second and then is dead right and i
1: and i think i think the connection there definitely has to be the nature of Han and Chewie's Careers, um, I'm sure they have bounty hunters after them on the regular, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I mean, obviously, that's his entanglement with Greedo, um, that's definitely going to be his entanglement with Boba Fett. Um, and as far as his backstory goes, we do have to think about, um, the Mandalorian, that's currently a TV show. Which, I mean, we don't necessarily we don't know that it's not. But actually, we we are for sure that it's not, um, because Mandalorian takes place. Oh, quite a while after, the entire rest of the Star Wars, like the original series, the original trilogy. Oh, okay, but. Boba Fett was part of the Mandalorian, which is he well he was a Mandalorian, which was basically a a, a race, a group of not necessarily a race because they take in outsiders, but kind of in a a secretive order um, of warriors that um, you know they wore the the Mandalorian armor. That's the, the Mandalorian armor is what you would know as what Boba Fett and then later Jango Fett. Wears, um, so there is a little bit of backstory on where they came from in that series. But that being said, it's only one season in, we don't really have a ton of information on what's going on there. Hopefully, they do kind of flesh that out a little bit and maybe kind of tie a lot of things together, um,
0: with that storyline. That's cool. You keep on bringing it up, and that's one thing I definitely. Uh, have lined up to watch is the Manet, the the Mandalorian series. Oh, it is! Series.
1: It's it's so super good. We started watching it, um, not really fully prepared to get super into it. Like we'd heard good things about it, and we're like, oh, we'll give it a shot. We were instantly sucked in, and we binge watched all of them as fast as we possibly could. That's amazing. How many how many episodes are there? Oh boy, you had to ask me that. I don't. Uh-oh. I don't know. It's not a ton.
0: <laughs> I think it might be like ten or so.
1: Yeah, it's roughly ten, between seven and twelve, I would say, but they're hour they're an okay. hour apiece. So um okay. it, it is kind of a little uh, a t- kind of a time commitment, so um
0: Okay. Um you know I thought you I thought you were about to be like, you know, maybe seven to eighty, give or take a few episodes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, I wasn't gonna do that. Um I think okay. the next season comes out in October, maybe. I think you're right. It's definitely this year. Yes, but uh definitely worth a watch you should watch it everyone listening should watch it um it is fantastic
0: right and for you to watch it here is ben's passcode to his disney plus yeah go ahead and throw it out right (laughs) 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 okay uh so kind of piggybacking off the whole boba fett story what about the emperor's story you know he kind of gets brought up as a main character at this point But where has he been this entire time? And we also even brought up the interesting fact that what if he's living on technology while he's just sitting in that chair on the Death Star waiting for Luke to be brought before him? We were kind of talking about just look at uh, the way that he kind of was hidden away on Exegol, the Sith planet from Rise of Skywalker. Maybe he was kind of in the back of his head planning on cloning himself the way he did. Like how crazy is that to think about?
1: Yeah, even even with a lot of the backstory of the Emperor explained in The Rise of Skywalker, we still don't know really how old the Emperor is. Right. Um we are kind of led to believe in like the the prequels that he is somewhat younger. Right. But that being said, what we what we know now that he had been cloned and you know, re- his different bodies being reactivated. This could have been going on for, you know, a couple of years or hundreds of years for all we know. Um, right. And so that's when we were watching this, the very first time we saw the Emperor in his, his own chamber, I would say, um, he was sitting in this big chair, definitely had some technology going on this chair. And I don't know if it was some sort of controls for, the room, the death star or what, but it was a chair that it wasn't just a chair. It had something going on with it. And so we got to talking about how, you know, we know that he's been living on technology for a long time, potentially, you know, after this movie, but maybe he had been living on technology for this whole time. And that ties in, like you said, Exegol, um, where, you know, this is the, the kind of the Sith stronghold of the galaxy. Where maybe that's kind of where he hangs out most of the time and gets his medical treatments, gets, you know, uh, every time he needs to kind of swap into a new body, that's where he does it. Um, right. So
0: he meets his he meets his deductible, so everything's paid for right,
1: right. And so <laughs> you know, in you know young nostalgia theory here, we kind of have a a running idea that maybe this has been going on for a very long time. And it's just not alluded to very
0: well. Right. What an interesting aspect. I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It makes you think. It does make you think a little bit. Um, And, you know, it's... Like you talked about a little bit before, these are things that we never would have even thought of had we not already seen later movies at least once. Right. Um, And, you know, it's stuff that... there's a lot of things that make sense now that didn't necessarily make
0: sense before. Exactly. I like it. And if you have a theory or yourself or whatever you want to think or let us know about this entire situation or just, you know, Star Wars theories in general and you feel pretty strong about it, give Ben and I an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. We'll read them off uh, in a future episode. We'd love to hear your, uh, your feedback and your thoughts about that as well. And, and of so course, I feel it's like all part as, of the Grand Unified
1: Theory. I think that's what it's called.
0: Yes, right. So <laughs> it's all actually planned for, of course. Um, I feel like a great way to wrap up this show and a perfect little bow is to have you talk about your absolute love for ewoks oh my god i hate and the, ewoks why they're so the best much. things ever made i hate them so in star much. wars universe hate- <laughs> why why <laughs> i need i need at least five reasons five reasons why i love them
1: yes there are no reasons or, why or, i love or them. hate them
0: okay well okay give me five reasons why you hate them <laughs> i don't know if i can come up with five but they're well, just love so stupid it,
1: to think that this <laughs> to think that this little like uh like stick and twig technology little civilization can you know stack up against anything empire related is just ridiculous um <laughs> and and the the goofiness of them it to me it adds absolutely nothing to the movie um it's like I said, it's the George Lucas nonsense that wants to put something cute and goofy into the movie that's not needed <laughs> at all. Um, and actually makes the movie, I mean, I realize that we're talking about Star Wars, so there was already a suspense, uh, uh, what's it called, a uh, suspension of disbelief. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so there already is an element of that, but like I said, to to think that this s- these furry little teddy bear looking creatures <laughs> that are like three foot nothing tall uh, that fight with sticks and spears and little catapults with rocks can possibly match up to the might of the empire is just ridiculous.
0: <laughs> um, and, and oh god I just I hate them I, man you were I I shouldn't have brought it up shouldn't have brought it up touched are so a touchy stupid. subject stupid like, so w- would there be anything for you to be okay with them no like what if what if they took out some aspects of ewoks but kept in some like I think it was kind of cool how they were kind of used as like a distraction right so ran out hopped on a speeder took away some stormtroopers sharpshooters like, things like that where, you know, they're kind of native to the land. They kind now, of add to the lore of Star Wars. That like kind what of stuff
1: w- I am fine with because it is 100% believable. They would be used as a means to an end okay. by the Rebels. Not that the Rebels would <laughs> generally do that. That's more of an Empire kind of thing. But stuff like that I am perfectly fine with. It's... Uh, Taking down the walkers, the or the Imperial walkers, is ridiculous. Um, you know, the stormtroopers are notoriously super weak anyway, but, I mean, a light little club on the head from one of these Ewoks takes down a stormtrooper, that's kind of hard to believe. Right. Right.
0: Um, I, I, I get that and and you can also trace it back to the very beginning when we were kind of subjected to who the Ewoks were like they captured Luke Han C-3PO R2D2 and Chewie they captured them like are you kidding me
1: yeah yeah get out of here with that crap I mean one whip of a lightsaber and they're all dead
0: right right or like Luke just stands up and he stacks up to five of them you know because I mean he still it's not like Luke didn't have his lightsaber on him
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, and and they are it's not like they're little quick, little monkey kind of creatures, too, where they're fast. I mean, they kind of waddle along. They trundle along and trip over stuff, and trundle. they kind of waddle. There's just... <laughs> God, I hate them so much. <laughs> teletubbies, man. They're yeah, Teletubbies. Yeah, all they are. It's all they are. <laughs> and I also kind of have a problem with, like, I get that 3PO is gold and he's shiny and stuff. But of all people to look at as a deity of your civilization, how did these guys not recognize Chewie more?
0: Oh, yeah, Because yeah, yeah.
1: Chewie is basically just a gigantic version of them. Right, but cool. Right. And, <laughs> but no, don't worry about
0: him. Uh, we're going for 3PO. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. If you have thoughts about the Ewoks, again, give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. What do you think of it, guys? Is that a pretty good wrap-up for the show? I think that is a good, uh, fantastic wrap-up. We're already at 45 minutes here. I love it. This is perfect. Thank you guys so much for joining in. This was episode ninety-seven of Young Nostalgia, taking our retrospective modern-day look of Return of the Jedi. Rusty, let us know what you think. Give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. This is Rusty's favorite. Also, be sure to go check out the Otaku Brother, the Otaku Bros, but you'll find them as the Otaku Brothers Podcast on all your podcasting apps. We need to You're have like it. We I need promise. to have Rusty on as well. I think so. I think he would absolutely love it. We, we have talked about it before. I've been on the Otaku Brothers. We definitely need Rusty on. I think he'd be a, a, a good guy to uh, talk with about something. So Yes. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. Rusty, be looking out for an email or text my good friend. Thank you guys so much. As always, if you enjoy what you hear, let us know. Give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. You'll find us on all your favorite podcasting apps. Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're out there. If you like it, please give a five-star review. Take about 13 seconds give or take let us know what you enjoy about the show in the reviews so you can share the love and other people can grow with the show uh thank you guys so much ben anything else big guy
1: no i think we nailed it i think uh we this was super fun going through all the movies um behind the scenes a little bit i'm actually in the process of tracking down some original trilogy original uh the original version of the trilogies i should say okay and i definitely think that sometime in the future we should watch those and do something similar and kind of do a comparison of the two do what you know talk about what we thought of the originals what maybe we'll find that we like some of the newer stuff better um and maybe some of the changes were were well deserved and maybe we'll say you know, hey you guys need to release the originals because they're so much better than the re-releases so right. um, we definitely need to turn, the, turn those three into a, a, a short series of episodes as well
0: absolutely that's a good idea and I mean don't get us wrong absolutely just remastered or not the original trilogies masterpieces amazing pieces of filmography that is a great trip to go on always yes. they never really get old yes. so I love it that pretty much wraps us up episode 97 we have some big things in the work for episode 100 we're excited to share in just a few as we always say here on young nostalgia keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full we'll talk to you next week